Listen to Chris as he talks to musicians Gonna talk about Weezer and the Mountain Goats It's an audio format so you don't have to see him Or witness the size of his massive nose Welcome to the Firehouse Hey everyone, it's Chris here Welcome to another episode of Firehouse Studio Podcast, the only podcast recorded at Firehouse. This episode's really special for me. This is my one of my faves. This is the one and the only Colton Kaiser, who I do not have enough accolades. I do not have a strong enough, you know, voice and a, a wide enough uh, dictionary in my head to explain how much I love him, and I don't have the words to explain it. He's one of my absolute favorite people. He's one of my favorite songwriters in the area, and he's just, he's just the best. He's so sweet that when I sent him this episode to you know make sure he's cool with the edit and cool with everything, he politely asked that I take out all the cursing, so I did that. I think I may have missed one. Sorry, Colton. I love you, baby. Uh, this is a great episode because normally I see Colton at 3 a.m., and we're both very tired and very goofy, and we have a lot of dumb conversation. And I think you can hear early on in the episode that I'm trying to be funny with him, but instead he like keeps like talking this really serious, really smart, really like you know thoughtful way. And I kind of dial back. I think we dial into a really interesting, wonderful conversation with a guy who has a really, really smart, you know, savvy take on how everything's going. So it was a really great talk for me. On this episode, you're going to hear two songs off his latest album, Place to Settle. First, you're going to hear Bad Guy, and then you're going to hear the titular track, Place to Settle. They're both great songs. It's a great album. You should check that out. Uh, next time you can see Colton, he's going to be playing at the Asbury Park Yacht Club, where you do not need a yacht, and you do not need to be in the club on July 21st. That's a Friday. That's going to be a great time. Uh, you can find him online, coltonkaiser.com, all that shenanigans. He plugs it at the end. Um... What else? I don't know. Check out this, you know, podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to it, I guess. That's a thing. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out all that aspect of it. Uh, I don't know. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Doobie. Cyberbully me for my online media content. And guys, be kind to each other. All right. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please, the one and the only Colton Kaiser. Torture me. 
exciting for me is that your opening of this podcast i don't know i like what i like to do is like to like kind of like fade in to make it seem like we've been talking for a while which we have because we just went to 7-eleven and got snacks for this one yep all right so here i am with the one the only america i called you on an old episode i called you america's best america's brightest colton <laughs> kaiser colton how are you doing um, I'm I'm doing very bright and best right now. <laughs> Sounds about right. Thank you for tolerating me saying, "Hey, it's just at seven, and it's now eight thirty, and we're starting." And that's all right. That's all right. All right. So um, let's 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 talk about you because here's the thing: when I do these things, like I try to like do some research on my guests before they come in. Like I try to like listen to all their music. But and, I like, see you like once every three days. <laughs> yeah, I see you like every day. I know you intimately. I've heard you play things. Like I didn't, I listened to, I actually I've listened. been in your house alone, you know? Yeah, no, you've been in my, you probably, yeah. there's probably been like weeks where you've been here more than I have. Like That's where I've been like, assessment. yeah, I've been like super busy and like I'll come home and like you've just been hanging out with Matt for like several hours. Yeah. But like so, I mean, I did listen to the latest album okay. recently. So let's let's do a quick let's do a quick timeline. Uh, the self title came out in 2015. 14. 2014, yeah. and the last one came out in 2016. Yes, that's correct. A place to settle. Okay, cool. Place to settle. That's what is it? Just place to settle. It's just place to settle. Oh, I'm so sorry. I Don't worry about everything. it. Everybody on the planet has gotten it wrong. Well, that's what about. you say in the song, isn't it? I'm just looking for a place to settle. Yeah, I guess you're right. So you I never just, thought about it that way. You come on. Um, this is why I'm here, Colton, to help you. Figure out the proper way to market your songs. <laughs> you should rename your album, re-release it. Oh, <laughs> you got exhausted. Fifteen just years about. from now, 
Yeah, I like that. Okay, so let's do a quick timeline. Um, when did when did music come in? When did you start doing that stuff? So I was born on February fourth, nineteen ninety. Cool. Um, what were you doing February sixth, nineteen ninety? I was chilling in my crib. You doing some baby stuff? Yeah, I was in my crib. You know, <laughs> hanging around. It was probably sandwiched between the two dogs that we had at the time, which was probably awesome. Must have been very pleasant for baby cult. Oh, definitely. Anyway. Um, I, I don't guess, know. Yeah, like, when did when did you start playing music? Well, I started, uh, you know, going in the car, actually. I remember driving down your street here at, at like, maybe four, five, six area. Mm-hmm. And I'd, my dad had put on 88.3, which is WBGO, which is the local jazz station out of Newark. And I remember really bumping to it. I'm like, yo, what is this? Like, I, like, and, like, I, like, have a really, um... Oh, I can't think of the word. Like distinct? It, yes, distinct memory of it. Like, I remember, like, there were clarinets and, like, you know, they were bumping. But anyway, I named my bike, uh, my first bike, after the call letters of WBGO. So I, I would assume probably around five or six. All right. Well, I think the reason I, I brought this in is because um, you have, I think especially live, you have a very specific, I don't like to talk about genre because it's pointless, but, like, you're coming from a very specific kind of um, tradition of, like, you know, the let's say country folk singer songwriter yeah i mean i i very much focus on the songs like the songwriting is so like where did you stumble because would you say that like you're writing in this particular vein purposefully or this is just how you're writing like where did Um, you stumble into i think it was a natural growth point for me um i mean growing up you know i'm from new jersey so pop punk and emo was the name of the day yeah um where are you carry on yep and i don't know i mean my taste grew and I started really getting into like Wilco and Dylan, especially mm-hmm. in college. I bought, you know, my dad bought me a CD of Dylan's for like Christmas when I was like twelve, and I remember? just couldn't get over his voice. Do you and remember then, which one? Yeah, it was the uh, it was the essential. It was just like the oh, big okay. hits. But um, hell yeah, I'm eating Twizzler on this podcast. Oh yeah, right I mean, I've been eating them the whole time. I also got some peanut M and M's. I like. I feel guilty. I want to eat these chili Doritos I have. Go but, right ahead. I feel like if I crunch into the mic, it's going to be bad. Well, try not to chew. I'm, I just did it. Try not to chew directly into the microphone, but... Yeah. I think as part of the appeal of this podcast is um, it's nearly unlistenable. <laughs> so, um... Oh, yeah. I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about, like, how you stumbled, so, how like, you fell into, like... I bought a book on Dylan. I didn't buy a book. I went to a library, and they have this... Uh, there's a series called Rough Notes. Mm-hmm. I think they're called Rough Notes. It's a British uh, company that does it. And it's like... Everything you ever need to know about anything that they have one on. And they have a whole series of musicians. And I just started reading it. And, like, I was like, yeah, that dude's fascinating. Like, he's, you know. And it went through, like, his entire history up to, like, I think, like, Love and Theft, which came out in, like, 2001 or three. You might be right. Modern right Times, I think, was 99. I think Love and Theft was 2001. No, no, no. Modern Times is in high school because I remember buying it. Oh, yeah. that's such a good album. That was, like, 06. It's one of my absolute favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Well, Dylan's great. But anyway, you know. And I I don't know I just got a, a focus on songwriting I like you know I started listening to Wilco around the same time mm-hmm. as Dylan the book really inspired me to start listening to him and I just like that he has um, just different periods of his life you know where he sounds 100 percent different which is cool I like Dawes a lot you know really good songwriting I I think what it is is that the best songwriting or at least the best songwriting that I like mm-hmm. or the songwriting that really attracts me just happens to be in that folk Americana world. Yeah. Like I love music. Like you you know as long as the if the song is good, I don't care what genre it is. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, you could you put on a hip hop song, and you know, I love hip hop. It just as long as it's good hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, if he's mumbling the same four words over again, I would consider that not good hip hop. <laughs> but if you put on, I don't know, you put on like early Jay Z, like as hip hop. Yeah. You know. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it, I think really it's the best area of music that allows me to write the way I want to write. Yeah. But also, I mean, I'm writing for, like, I, I wouldn't call it a new record. It's probably, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet, but it'll be a collection of songs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, lo- a big collection of songs, too. Like, if I if I put it out at once, it, it would be a record. But I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, because, okay. like, everything is, like, single-fied now. Yeah, so, you're, like, you're, like, just kind of building up, like, new material for yeah. anything. Where's that, like, what is, what is, what is songwriting to you? Because I think... Um, what I gather from your songs is a very, again, we talked about singer-songwriter, but it's coming from, like, the storyteller point of yeah. view. Yeah, so, like, my, my writing style is very short and to the point. Yeah, there's, I, not, there's no meat on your, there's no, like, meat. It's just, like, it is what it is, and it's very direct. And that's very, correct. Yeah. There's no, like, there's some metaphors, but, like, I, you kind of, you, you listen to my music, you kind of get what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know, for me, you should probably say something with a song. And, you know, you should, I kind of look at... You know, your chorus is, like, what you're trying to say, and then your verses are how you got there. And maybe the bridge is, like, just another viewpoint on that, you know? Okay, so it seems to me you have a very, like, methodical style yeah. song, right? Like, you sit down. So definitely. And, like, I'm trying to get away from that, too, because, like, you know, the only way you grow is by trying things out. Yeah. And, like, you know, some of these songs that I'm writing now, like, the choruses aren't the same lyrics, or, like, structurally speaking, it's totally different. Yeah. There's a lot of songs. And this probably comes from, like, that folk Dylan, like, you know, Pete Seeger, Guthrie camp, where, like, I just kind of sing talk through the whole thing, and it's just one big statement, you know? I like that. Um, so <laughs> when did you start When did you start writing songs as I open up some? I said peanut Pretzel earlier, but M&Ms. the pretzel M&Ms, which are the game changers. When did you start, like, writing songs? Because you're not, you're not from a musical family, correct? No. Or, yeah. No. Um, well, I got a guitar at 11. And uh, I was listening to like K Rock a lot, which was a uh, New York's rock channel mm-hmm. radio station. You like you have a you have a vast knowledge of radio stations, dude. I'm a nerd. Like musician, most musicians are nerds. Like, I, I appreciate that, but like I'm a nerd about like I like try to know like everything about like Dylan or like I argue about my favorite band. But like you like you like know like the history behind things, and, like the culture surrounding it too. It seems. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, sorry, uh, tangentially. When did you start? Like, how did falling into songwriting, falling into music? So like, I got a guitar at eleven. I asked for it for Christmas, and that was just like for me listening to the radio a lot. And um, you know, uh, the next year, my mom she tells me she got tired of buying me video games, so she got me vocal lessons, and I started singing. And you know, basically from when I got the guitar, I started making music. Uh, I guess you could call it songwriting. You know, when I started. Now, I guess I started songwriting fairly quickly, but, like, I just remember, like, writing lyrics in class, like, in the middle of, like, seventh grade. Wow, so you're, like, so you're one of them, like, born songwriter people, like, you just couldn't stop the second you found into it. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting to me, because, like, this is, again, you, like, you come from this thing of, like, you just started writing because you started writing, but you do have, as we talked about before, you have this, like, you know how the structure of song works so well, so was there, like, a lot of, like studying it in your own way, like studying oh, yeah. how it came from. So like it's who are, who are your influences? You mentioned you keep on coming back to Dylan, you mentioned Dylan Loco, Loco Dawes, My Morning Jacket, um, Ryan Adams, he's a later influence. 
Um, Who's you? I those are like very folky though. I love Weezer. Weezer is one of my favorite. Rivers Cuomo is one of my favorite songwriters. Oh, ever. He's one of the best. He's yeah. like, he's an he's literally an encyclopedia of music. Like he, yeah. I don't think anyone understands how songwriting works quite like Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. So like, I don't know. And like, you know, I I have a, a degree in music business, and uh, it's kind of like the musician's version of business school. Yeah. Where did you go to school? I, I went to Monmouth University. Let's give a shout out to Monmouth University. What up, MU? I go also, Blue Hawks. So. Ah! That's what they do. You know, music industry 2012, MBA class 2013. What up? You have a master's. I do have a master's. How old are you? You're 29. Oh, sorry. I I made you older than you are. Your dad told me I look like I was 19 the other day. You do. You look, especially when you're like clean shaven, you you look like a little boy with some big boy dreams. Nice. (laughs) That's kind of what I am still. You still, um, I mean, we're all still little boys with big boy dreams in our own ways. Where was I going with that? We were just talking about, uh, like, uh, songwriting and, like, falling into, like, how you found, like, the form and structure. Oh, yeah. So, it. like, I, you know, I went, I had a lot of great teachers in college and, like, great guitar teachers and great vocal mm-hmm. teachers. And, you know, you kind of, like, you kind of pick and, you kind of take the knowledge that's provided to you by different people and you pick and choose what you want to absorb. And, like. You know, I, I learned about, like, the harmonized major scale. And, like, that's seven chords right there that you can use that will make your song sound cohesive. Okay. So, like, I come, like, I really think about it logically when I do right. And sometimes I don't. Yeah. A lot of times, like, I'm like, yeah, it sounds cool. I don't care if it makes sense. But, yeah. like, I start with a basis based off of the major key of whatever key I'm in. Major scale, whatever key I'm in. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. Is like knowing you got to know all the rules to break it. Yeah, and I think, a, and I also think well, you're. I think like I also learned further. One of my teachers used to tell me, with every rule, there's an exception that you learn later down the line. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Rivers Cuomo, for God's sake, like that man will do everything and anything within any song, and sometimes it makes perfect sense, and sometimes like, where did this song just go? Also, for the record, Maladroit is the most underrated Weezer record of all time. Hands down. And if Green have, Album is the most overrated. Oh, it's just like, I feel like with that, like he had such a backlash from Pinkerton. And I, I mean, I don't know him, so I'm talking about my booty. But Yeah, but I think there's like a general narrative. From such the backlash, and I'm sure they had like a contractual obligation to make that record. Mm-hmm. It just feels like he like, all right, here's 10 songs. Let's yeah, it, it just feels, and every, like, I mean, the fact that every solo is literally just the vocal melody, like, yeah. I, I think that they were phoning it in big time on Green Album, and people love it for some not reason. Not that it's like, bad, it's not bad, I just, just, I just think it was a direct reaction to what happened to him with Pinkerton. Yeah. But anyway, uh. Maladroit is overrated, Mal- too. Oh, man, nah. I haven't talked about Weezer with someone in the so I, long. let me tell you something, I love, oh, jeez, sorry. That's fine. Maladroit is, like, super underrated, it's probably... It might be my favorite Weezer record. That's, really? No, no, no. Blue album is. I see. I go back and forth between Blue and Pinkerton. Pinkerton's up guys. there. Pinkerton's. I would say, like, when I put on a Blue record, and I do fairly often, like every three or four months, mm-hmm. every time, like, yo, jam after jam. Yeah. Pinkerton, that's okay. You know, I've listened to it, but I'm not, like, stoked the way I am with the Blue record. Yeah. I think Blue album is a little more, like, accessible and fun, but, like, Pinkerton's, like, artistically much more interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's very important to me. Joey Henderson just almost interrupted us talking about Weezer, a very private moment for both Colton and I. Um, let's jump back because uh, a thing I want to talk about with you is I've seen you. I've seen you play a million times. You played at my house countless times. There are there's like two different Coltons that perform. There's like the the folky kind of guy that like can go on the road and do anything, and there is like the live band one. I want to kind of talk about those two things separately. So to be fair, 
every time I play your house, it's in front of like your friends. But yeah. even when I see you like out and about when you play solo versus well, you playing, it's like it's just a different mode. I mean, as a solo person, to get people involved, you got to read the room and talk to them. Yeah, and I still do that. You know, to an extent with the band. Yeah, you you've got like one of the most like interesting natural stage presence of people that like I've seen. Like, my band will tell you it's the like the the worst thing to be up on stage with me while I do it. But can't imagine. <laughs> but I just I will never forget the time that you played a show at my house where you played last. You played one song. You told two different stories. Are both twenty minutes long. Halfway through the first story, you put your guitar down. You guys asked for them. Chato asked for stories. I told you stories. Yeah, right? and then and then and what is songwriting? It's telling stories. Then you did another song, and then you put the guitar down, told two more stories, and then played one more song. And at one point, about forty minutes into your set, Carter Henry, shout out the one, the only, leans over to me and goes, "He's been on stage for forty minutes." And well, he's we were going on tour song. that day. Yeah, that was the and, Ragged Lines Colton tour. Yeah, and he was like waiting to like. Take, take me that's why he was bitching yeah he was like literally waiting to leave for a tour yeah which is like well we left we we're gonna leave the next morning but yeah. he was gonna like you know we were gonna stay at his house or whatever jumping back like there is this like um you have this natural ability on stage where did that come from is that just like playing as much as possible because you've been playing how long have you been like playing out as like colton kaiser doing your thing first gig i ever did was a benefit the pony in 2004 so what's well, the first like real gig um so like that was 2004. It's 2017. So like you've been I was playing 14. like yeah, you've been so like, like 13 years. I've been gigging for about 13 years. That's amazing. And like, but oh. you, when did you start? Like, was it, you haven't been like steady gigging for 13 years? Because you're a pretty steady fellow. Like you're playing all the time. fairly often all yeah. the time, and you're going on tour a lot. Yeah. So when did like how did like falling into this like really natural thing like how did that come about? Is that something you kind of? I felt just like get comfortable. Been? I mean, I don't really get nervous anymore for going on. Yeah. Like it. That, that's it's that's true and it's not true. Like if it's a big show or like. You know, I'm playing with a band I like a lot. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, outside factors, I get a little nervous. But, like, as far as playing a show goes, it's yeah. just, like... The nerves just, are never, like, oh, I don't know if I can play the songs or I don't know if it's going to sound it's just good. Like, it's just, like, what I do mm -hmm. at this point. Um, you know, and I'm sure that a lot of bands who play a lot will tell you that, too. I'm sure, like, when I get to the level where I'm on the road, like, six, seven months out of the year... I'm sure those types of bands are like, dude, it's like whatever. You yeah, know you what don't I mean? even think about it anymore. Yeah, they're just like, I don't even know where I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah those. That's I think, but that's like, it's funny because like it used to be like the dream was like to be like a state a stadium tour, like be like the next YouTube or something like that. It's like now we just want to be the guys who are like, let's just play as much as possible wherever we can. I just want to eat. That's my. Ultimate Is that your goal. ultimate? Like that's your that's your like. I want to live like as a as an MBA. Your financial plan, your five year plan, is to make sure you can continue to eat. Yeah. And I got you snacks today, so this podcast. Is part of your plan. Great success. Look at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, like, the other thing is, like, as far as the money goes, like, on the musician side of this industry at the moment, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody can really answer what's going on. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's highly volatile. And if I, if there was anything else that my body would tell me to do, I'd go do it. Mm -hmm. You bet your butt I'd have, like, a, a pretty nice paying job by this point if I wanted it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I would be miserable. It's what I do. Yeah, I, I feel that. I can't uh, answer that. I know my, you know, people are like, you're nuts. And I'm like, yeah, but you're miserable. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I try, <laughs> I, I, I've never really talked about the business side of things, but like, there is a way to talk about it for you because you do have that MBA. So you have that reference. But also, like, you go on these weekend or tours all the time. Like, yeah, well, I treat this as a small business. Like, like, do you, so yeah. you're like, you're, are you, are you making money off of being, like, when you go on yeah. these tours, you, you always end up like at least breaking even. Yeah, I've never lost money on a tour. Well, that's not true. The first tour I did, but that yeah. was like, you learn how to do it in the first tour. Yeah, we, we like, I, we, dude. I bit off way more than I could chew. We did a month. The first tour ever was a month. Yeah, just, which was crazy. But, um, 
no, I I either break even or because I'm I tour solo for the most time, I make generally what I would be make teaching for that week. Interesting. That's so like you've kind of fell into it. Yeah, and I mean it's all about it's all about you know whatever the gear. Excuse me. Whatever the guarantee is in merch, I just burped on your podcast. Uh, that's what I want. I want indigestion from my <laughs> guests. <laughs> Colton had two with taquitos. Like I, had, I double fisted. You housed uh, those taquitos. I was. I told you I'm hungry. <laughs> I double fisted uh, Monterey Jack chicken taquitos from Seven Eleven. Let's give a shout out to Seven Eleven. What up, girl? And like he like he stopped me from Chris stopped me from getting wings. They're, right. Because I it, the thing is like I truly I genuinely believe and like I it's not facetious. Like the, I think the, I think the Seven Eleven wings are dangerous. Like, there's no way they're healthy. There's no way they're safe. There's I live no dangerously, baby. All right, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. As he eats, as you wear your base pro shop and eat some Doritos. Hey, uh, I went fishing last week. It was cool. Actually, three days ago. Yeah, you. Uh, your father is. Uh, is it? Is it fair to call him a redneck? That's yeah, the general consensus. You. I. Okay. You didn't have to I gotta like, bring him over here. He loves. I guy. would love to meet your father because I don't believe ninety percent of your stories, and I especially do not believe. But you've told me it multiple times. You were named after the Colt Forty Five. Hang on. Yeah, it's hundred percent true. <laughs> That's hang on. Yeah. That's insane to me, but like, I guess I gotta meet your father. Yeah, well, I mean, you won't believe ninety-five percent his stories either, but yeah, I mean, but I feel like that's you kind of get that natural, your natural bullshit. You get that from your father. He's got a big mouth too. What was your father? What does your father and your mom listen to? Because they are they just like music heads or like they're just no. I, this is something I came up with. Well, my my father's side, my two cousins. Uh, one of them was on Broadway. He uh, he was the young Tommy and Tommy. And he oh. was also in the Will Rogers Follies as a kid. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yep. And uh, so he's musical. Mm-hmm. And then his brother, uh, I think his brother, um, I've kind of lost touch. I, I don't know exactly. But I think he, he's definitely working in a hospital. I think it might be a, a, a near administrative role if it's not. But he's, I know he was a nurse for a long time. And he was a music therapist for a minute. Oh, okay. So, cool. like, they both play, you know. I just remember like, there was one time when you were here that you put on that, uh, what's that song, Mama Tried? You know what I mean? Uh, Haggard? Yeah, Haggard. Is that, is like, was that like, is that like the redneck inside of you bringing out like the Merle Haggard? Oh, I love country music. Yeah, you love like the, like the real country music. Yeah, like, I love Tears in Your Beer, like 40s country. Come on. Slow and sad. Oh, I love it. One of my favorite quotes of all time. Love it. I cannot remember the writer's name at this point, but he was talking about, um, country music. He was talking about, and this kind of applies to you because he was like, a country song is always about exactly what it's about. The song, I think I'll sit here and drink, is about exactly that. You ever hear that song by, uh, oh, I can't think of his name because I'm an idiot. George Jones is his name. It's called um, The Grand Tour. Can't say that. It is like the saddest song on the planet. It's about like his wife left them and took their kid. And mm-hmm. like this is like him home alone. So he's yeah. giving you the grand tour of the house. But it just is literally, it's about that. Yeah, like, it's so good. It's though. the simplicity. Oh. It's like that's where we find them. But the country music, the, the style that let's say you come from, the style that you're writing in comes from that point of like super simplicity. Yeah, my music's very simple. Yeah, which I, I mean, it's not I hard love at all. it. Like let's, yeah. make, let's be very clear. I do love your songs. Um, Thanks, jumping girl. back to the live set, when did you start like falling into this like, Going on weekenders and touring all the time thing. How did um, that... So Matt Charette, who I hosted here. Shout out. Uh, well, was I there for that one? Oh, yeah. That was the last one that you did. Yeah, Matt um, was here with uh, Mike. Um, oh, I can't think of his last name. It's like, it's with a D. I'm going to call him Mike D because he's the man. He's... Um, he's a good dude. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, he, so Matt was playing at the Brighton with mm-hmm. a, a band called OC45. They're a touring punk band out of Boston. And they're friends with Lost in Society. And Zach Moyle from Lost in Society had put that show together. And he called me and he said, hey, would you play this show? You know, some friends are coming in. I said, yeah, I'll play it. 
So this is like, I don't know, 2012, 13 maybe. And, uh, you know, I played the show and I made friends with the dudes. And Matt was like, yo, if I book you in Boston, will you show up? I was like, yo, I'm like Field of Dreams. You book it, I'll, I'll come. Like, <laughs> I'll be there, dude. So, yeah, that was the first time anyone ever booked me outside of Jersey. And uh, so I played this bar called Bull McCabe's it's in Somerville mm-hmm. uh, in Boston. And it was uh, the night of Matt's girlfriend at the time, her birthday. So it was her birthday party. And it was packed. There had to have been like 100 people in this little bar. Yeah. And uh, they like, I got him like, this is like a week or two right before my first record came out. And I got them singing, like, they were going nuts, like, they were having a great time, and, uh, you know, uh, I just had a really good time, and then, you know, uh, I my CD wasn't even out yet, my record wasn't even out, I gave it away, I gave away, like, 25 copies, I just Damn. gave them to people, people were like, <laughs> like, grabbing them and shit. Awesome. And, uh, you know, Matt was kind enough to give me the entire door for that night, and I was like, oh, well, I was like, you realize you just paid for, like three of these trips and he's like yeah i know i was like thanks man and, you know we've been trading shows ever since he's yeah. my dude it's kind of funny you, like there's a lot of people that you like network with and you're friends with that you're really tight with mm-hmm. that you only see every like three years or so yeah i think matt and i have been in the same room uh maybe three times ever and he's like super tight with me like we are like tight like yeah. I, if his car fucking broke down somewhere in like the middle of like arkansas i'd drive and go pick him up <laughs> you know what i mean like from jersey well yeah i mean yeah. there is like you have that you have that like there's a camaraderie for sure for for lack of a better term and god help me you have that like diy community like you really are a big network for that yeah, especially yeah. In, like, and that's how jersey. i book a lot of my tours yeah it's just like yeah. you're just kind of everyone's trading shows and yep. this is kind of something i feel like you just stumbled into and you kind of felt that's correct i mean it really I kept moving with it let's say like it kind of started happening when like facebook started getting big because wow. suddenly communicating with people was like i people who i don't talk to every day of the week i can see what they're doing 90 percent of my booking is done through facebook messenger yeah no like, i know 90%. when we when we did that thing where we booked like four of your shows here it was you were literally on facebook looking at all your messages and i was just writing them down the calendar but yeah that worked out really well um and like jumping back the idea is like i feel like there's like the there's like the touring folk musician cult and who can like get in his car end up anywhere stay out for as long as he can and then there's the like the band guy, and I think that there you have a different energy when you play with the band. Oh, I yeah. think that's where your songs it's a lot like, of higher energy. Yeah, for sure. I think that's where your songs kind of explode. And I think, I wonder, uh, looking at Place to Settle, the album, I feel like, not that it's bad, but I feel like it's a lot, let's say, softer than you live. Was this something you were going for with the album? Is that I feel like it's a little more, let's say, tame? Is that a fair assessment? Uh, it's the direct result of who I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a rotating cast of about 10 people. There's a core group of about four of them, mm-hmm. and you know they're all touring musicians and they all have their own projects. Yeah. So that's how the band got built. They played on my record, and uh, do you want to name drop those boys? Yeah, sure. Uh, boys. Mike Lenardi uh, plays drums with me. Um, Ro, Shane, Ro uh, Shane. I call him Ro Shane Karate Chops. There it is. Yeah. And who's uh, who's what's the rest of your the, the core band? And then Pete Rica plays guitar with me. Mm-hmm. And then Cody McCory plays bass. Cody McCody. Yep. Um, yeah, so were they, and they're the boys on the album, yeah? For the most part, yeah. Um, the, only guy who, the only person who didn't play on my record who I play with all the time is Pete. Mm. But, like, you know, they're all in other projects, and they all have other things going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that actually gives me the opportunity to work with a lot of other people, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did a show the other day uh, where I was playing at the Wonder Bar, and uh, I couldn't 
they, none of them were available, but the show was too big for me not to pass up. Mm-hmm. So I did the show with all subs. Yeah. And it was great because it was a totally different dynamic. Yeah. So Entire, like, literally an entirely different group of guys. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. Like, I thought it was a pain in the butt putting it together. But, but like, now that, like, I have subs for everybody, and now it's, like, two or three subs deep sometimes, mm-hmm. like, it, you get a different sound every night with me if it's not the same band, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it. I, it makes playing a lot of fun because, yeah. like, I don't ever know what's going to happen. It's just yeah. you in the middle, and everyone's going to find what they're going to yeah. find. and so, like, that's a direct result of, like, so, like, I, I think it's Mike's drumming that makes me sound heavier. Mm-hmm. Even though he played on the record, like, it translates more in a live setting. Okay. And he's also pushing the tempos a little faster. Yeah. Which makes it a little harder. You yeah. Know? It's interesting. Um, uh, the, the Lake Place Settle, that was recorded at Lake House, right? Yeah. The Let's first get... record was recorded there, too. Was both records recorded at Lake House? That I did not know. I knew. Yeah, well, it was, it was at the old location. In that album, especially, I think. The first or second record? Place to Settle, I think okay. he really captured. The album really captures this, like. Again, I, genre is what it is, but like it captures like that folk country Americana style. Yeah, well, I really mean, in this really like quiet, simple way. A, there's nothing. There's no fat on that. Yeah, we had a pre-production meeting, and you know, we kind of talked out what we wanted to do. Yeah, and it's uh, very. It, there's nothing going on there that shouldn't be going on, like top to bottom. It's oh really yeah, it's, that, that, that record is like there's nothing extraneous. Yeah, and I think it, what it is is because it's all like a means to the end of like letting the song. Be Dude, itself yeah. and let us sing like the story. Because like, you be told. know, I, I I wrote those on like acoustic guitar, like mm-hmm. yeah, for the most part. You know? Is that how you just you just sit down with the acoustic and just keep writing? Are you one of those guys that, like rewrites constantly or like? So traditionally, I write ten, twelve songs, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then I just record them. Like that's it. But but this with what I'm doing now, which I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. It's still like in the formative stages. Um, I got about eight tunes right now, and I'm probably gonna write. I think I'm gonna write more, and then I'm not gonna track all of them. Yeah, like I, th- I think that's gonna be the case. I mean, let's jump back to Weezer. Like they'll do albums; they'll record like twenty or thirty songs an album. Yeah, for records, and yeah. they'll do like five demos every one of them. I think everything will be all right in the end. The second to last album. Oh, I, I love that record. That's so, that's that's that was like when that album came out. I was so happy because it was literally the first Weezer album since like. Ratitude? Maybe. Well, it was the first Weezer album. Like you would say since Maladroit. I would say maybe even earlier that like they felt confident in it while recording it. That's what it felt like to me, because I feel like they've not been had any confidence in any of their albums. I just think they went back. This year's been kind of strange with hurricanes, among other things, but I ain't ever gonna let it get me down. Well, here you come again, you come to me, very best friend, but you barely even know who I am now. I'm just looking for a place to settle, a place to settle in your heart. Time it don't lie, it only tells the truth And what does it tell you about us now? I wish there was more to say But things always seem to go this way You never hear I start now I'm just looking
last album came out in 2016. Yep. You're looking at the next one. Uh, when you uh, are you the kind of guy that like you talk about the business side of it? Do you look at like how much of it is like I'm trying to do something that just this is true to me and this is what works, or, or how much of it is like I'm looking at like something that like is business savvy and will like further it? Does that, that question make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, the more that I interact with the industry, the more I realize being good is a prerequisite. That it's really all about being in the right location at the right time and building the right team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, having people latch on to your songs. Um, you know, I, I think that, I think it's like you got to be in it to win it. And, like, I'm a, I'm a serious artist. Like, I that is my... Uh, at this point, I would have a, a sick pad and a sweet desk job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not what I'm doing. Uh, I, you know, I, I love being an artist, and it's what I do. It's who I am. And I'm always career-oriented, always, um, because I have to be. Um, and, you know, I'm always going to make records, whether or not people buy or listen to them. And I don't – we don't – it's looking like no one's ever going to buy a record again soon enough. So, like, you know – I'm always going to do it. It's just figuring out how to survive is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing that I always jump back to, and I think Fern, whether or not he intends it, he also follows us too, but I think there's something you're very... Very trill. Very trill about. <laughs> uh, I always say it's a take your work seriously, but never take yourself seriously, and I think oh, that's an I'm important goof, thing. Oh, I'm you know that. Yeah, you're like the biggest dingus I know, but yeah. like when it comes down to like rehearsing and recording... And oh, no, I'm very playing, serious. I have a rehearsal around. schedule for the boys. Yeah, no, so. I like that. That's respectable. And there yeah. is this idea of like, no matter what may happen, like you, the song, I like this idea, like being good is a prerequisite. So like, you have to be, there's this idea like you don't really, you're not, when it comes to like the songwriting and like recording everything, that's all like, obviously it's going to be the best it's going to be. There's no question there, but like there is like a different way of like, like splitting the business aspect of it and the musical aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the business side's not as much fun, obviously, but like, it's just something you got to do. And in this day and age, if you don't have, you know, representation or whatever, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, and you are, God God help us, DIY. You are. It's so funny. I have a lot of friends in the DIY community who are, like, punk rock and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it's just because that's who's doing it. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, like. Well, that's, they've always been doing and, it. And, you know, I play a lot of shows. Like, I'll play, I play a lot of houses or, like, basement venues that, like. I am by far the softest artist who has ever played that place. It's usually hardcore or whatever. Yeah. But, like, they get it, and they appreciate it, and it's cool. And it's cool to see how that community works, because that's how – it's basically the same thing I'm doing. Yeah. It's just I don't play punk rock. It's just you – know? and again, this – But then again, I mean, punk rock and Americana are bedfellows in a sense. How do you mean? Well, like, to look at the transition, I mean, you know, you ever hear John Moreland? I can't say that half. So he's, like, he's killing it right now, big Americana artist. His, his early music is, like, punk rock, like, flat out. But it's the same. It's the it, other than being heavily distorted and fast. It's the same topics. Yeah. Same melodies. You know. Well, I mean, you talked about. You just mentioned the. You mentioned like the Frank idea. Turner and Jason Isbell being yeah. friends. Like you know what I mean. Like stuff like that. Like it's it's there's a cross pollination. Yeah, there. absolutely. I mean, Frank Turner, I think, is like really is like the clear like middle ground between like punk, punk, punk side and, and Americana or and the folk, folk side. Yeah, yeah for because sure. he's he's doing. Folk punk. Which well, I mean, his first EP was a campfire funk rock. Like, yeah, yeah. Or go. was it folk punk? Is a genre that was invented solely to be made fun of. True. But well, I mean, it's real. Like, I've that, played with a lot of folk punk artists. I mean, I'm in what is ostensibly a folk punk band that I'm playing with in like two hours. True. I would say Black Spot Society is a folk punk, punk band, band. If I don't call it my pirate punk band, which is what I prefer to call pirate it. Punk, 
Because should all have wooden legs. I've been trying to get them all to wear eye patches. No one's having it because then like we can't see things. It's like you don't need to see. It's fu- it's pirates. Did they? Could they see? No. <laughs> Yar. Yar. <laughs> um, but I was jumping back. Like there was this thing you said. Like the softest artists are like um. Well, the softest all, sounding. Yeah, the say. themes. But like you, when you write, like you do write from this kind of um vulnerable point of view. Yeah. It's nothing. You're never. You're never trying to be the, cool. No. Is no. how much is it like? A lot of the new tunes are super vulnerable. Yeah, is this like, like is this vulnerable. is this like like very sad? Vulnerable. Would you say this is like autobiographical? Uh, sometimes, not all the time. I'm definitely not trying to like get you to like break down lyrics and like song meaning, but like, are well, you? I like uh, I write from experience a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. I make up stories, but a lot of times it's something that's either happened to me or I'll flip it to make it stronger. Yeah, I'm thinking about like the Fourth of July song. Uh, that was loosely based on a couple different women. Yeah, I don't need, again, like, I'm not, I'm very much not interested in you being like, this is what the song means. I did go on a date with somebody on 4th of July. That happened. That's cute. That happened. How'd that work out for you? (laughs) I think that's all that needs to be said. No fireworks happened that night. Ayo. Ayo. There we go. I, let's get, like, the, like, the rap air horn. DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Um, yeah. So, is there, like, um. But, like, I'll listen. Like, I'll take a song and I'll write it one way mm-hmm. and then I'll totally switch the meaning of it so like you ever, there's a song that I haven't released yet it's called Anymore you've heard me play it before Probably. I Don't Love You Anymore that was originally oh yeah I Don't Love You Anymore yes yeah. that that's w- such a good song thanks man that was that's gonna sound totally different when it's done mm-hmm. but anyway originally uh, it was You Don't Love Me Anymore and I thought I Don't Love You Anymore was stronger so I switched it yeah so that's what I'm saying like I always I always go for the biggest punch I like that so um, we jump around. We always talk about because you are a kind of guy. Like you're up and you're out and about, and you're on the road a lot. But like, let's talk about like how you're looking at the Jersey scene because that's an important thing. I like to talk about in this thing because I try to get everyone who's here. I'm trying to always get like different people from different places mm-hmm. within the area, especially like where are you coming from? Because you play in Jersey all the time, yep. everywhere. Like you're in Asbury. Is it fair to say you're in Asbury like maybe once a week playing? Uh, at a point in time, it would have been like three times a week. That's insane. I've but curved it back now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I only take the shows I'm given, so like that spaces it out. But I try to play in town once a month. Okay. Like, that's like my goal. So how are you looking at the scene? It's a vague question, but like... Well, right now it's booming because of all the money moving in. Yeah. So like there's all the money means there's more venues for us to play. So people are going to keep coming and playing. Um, it's cool. I, I really think we're a scene based on location, not one sound. I know punk rock is very popular, but like, I you know, or, I, on any given night of the week, you can go see a lot of different types of bands, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's cool in that way, and it's given me an opportunity to network with people who are normally I wouldn't be able to, you know, stylistically speaking. Yeah, I feel that. And uh, I love it. I love the way it's growing. Um, I fucking love Asbury Park. I really do. Uh, I think it was a great place to grow up, musically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just, I have no complaints. We A lot of us don't know what we have here. Because when you go to other towns, they have, like, maybe one venue. Yeah. Or two venues. You know, and that's why houses pop up everywhere. But, like, you know, there's a... Uh, we are a musical town, and, like, there's there's some there's always some sort of weird to get into mm-hmm. any day of the week. You hang out at the Saint any day of the week, any day of the week, somebody ridiculous will pop through. Oh, I absolutely. played a show with the Strombellas. Do you know the Strombellas from Canada? No, I can't say that. I day. played a show about they're all over the radio right now. They like they I won was, like I literally do not listen to the radio. They won like the Juno Awards, which is like the Canadian Grammys. Okay, sure. And like it was like I think it was like their first time touring America. <laughs> I played with them. I had a band actually play with them. Like my band 
you know, the one of the earlier incarnations played at mm-hmm. the show. And like, you know, I I heard him on the radio and the announcer's like, that's a strong bell. It's like two years later. And like, they're, they're big now. They're killing yeah. it. But like, that's what I'm saying. Or like, I played with Woody Guthrie's granddaughter and like her husband there. I opened for Charlie Mars there. Like, you know, there's like all these like really cool things. Like, you know, you just have to be there and be aware of it. And yeah. not only the same, but like, there's a lot of cool things that just happen from hanging around. Absolutely, like, what are, you should hang around if you if you have the time and no one's dragging you. Like hang around. Yeah, but um, I'm going on a tangent now. But in conclusion, I I don't know. The, the, <laughs> to it, summarize, the scene is small enough to where if you mess up, it's not a big deal. Like you it, you can fix it. You know what I mean? Like if if you step on the wrong foot or toes of somebody, like you can fix it. But like you know, it's. It's cool, and like you know, there are ba- there are bands that get picked out of here. It happens in like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Brick and Mortar is still killing it. You know that level of band, Nicole Atkins, obviously. Yeah. Um, Parlor Mob, who are now playing well, different parts of Parlor Mob are playing with Gods. Uh, gods are amazing. Yeah. You ever listen to Gods? Oh, I know Gods. Yeah. So good. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. There's you know th- there's a lot of really good music being played here, and um. I don't know. It's just a, it's a really beautiful place to be right now. And, you know, it's, it's getting kind of gentrified, but like, you know, two or three years ago, it was like amazing. You go to a happy Mondays and like 60 people who you actually wanted to see were there, you know, or you go to bond street and you'd know everybody there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the way it was. I, I mean, mean, it's still that way in a sense. Say so yeah, like looking at like Asbury versus like all these other places that you go to, which say like the big thing is that there are so many different places. There are so many different places to play. There's so like there's so much support going on. Well, yeah, and there's an infrastructure. There's like a really solid infrastructure. And as the town grows, the infrastructure is getting stronger. How do you mean infrastructure? So like, you know, a venue like House of Independence moves in, mm-hmm. and now because you've been working with the people who now work there for years in other venues, you know, let's say a band you really like comes in, you get asked to open for them. You know what I mean? Like that kind yeah. of like. The same thing. The pony the same way. It, you know, if you're if you're around long enough, and you know, you you start to do these things. There's a lot of opportunities, and if you have passion, you know, it it shows. And if you're around and you hang out and you just kind of experience what it is, and you're friendly, mm-hmm. you know, things will come. That's fair. Yeah, I like that. That was a that was a very like it was a very thorough and like succinct summary. Opportunities like, will come, man. All you gotta do is be out there. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, again, and like I like this notion of like being good at music. That's a prerequisite. Yeah, it's like that doesn't even nothing from. I like this idea that like no matter what, like anything else can happen. The songs have to be good. and The songs have to be there. Yeah, so let's talk about like the idea of like being the band leader. Because again, I'm I'm. It's like being a project manager when yeah. you do everything yourself. The booking, I love it. It's all promo. coming through this like business side. Yeah, I love well, this. It's, it's, I I know that you see me at three in the morning a lot, and I'm but, like yeah, I, a goofball. But you, you got to think about this shit. If you're not organized, you're not going anywhere. But like, you know, you gotta. It's it's literally like project management. A big show is project management for sure. Um, but uh. Yeah, so like I had to learn like rehearsal schedules and how to like how to run a rehearsal the right way. Because mm-hmm. if you don't run a rehearsal the right way, it turns into what we're doing. And then four hours later, we got three songs done, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know. So like or that, you know. And I kind of learned how to do that on Place to Settle too, because like we tracked a lot of we tracked the body of that record live. Mm-hmm. So they started asking me, oh, "How do you like it? How do you that? this way, that way, this way?" And you know, my philosophy is like, listen. You do you. That's why you're in this room. You know what I mean? So, like, 
Yeah, I have a general idea of what I want, but I like the collaborative effort, collaboration of it, and that's usually what gets the best results. I mean, I yeah, I I co-wrote or wrote the songs, but I didn't, you know, those a lot of those riffs or like if I'm not playing the guitar part or like the key parts or whatever, like a lot of that is just because I let them run with it. So like a perfect example, which I'm sorry I don't have a recorded version of this yet, but anymore, mm-hmm. like I got in a room with the boys the other day on that one, and. uh and it's like totally different from the version you've heard, and it's like very vibey and cool, and it's yeah. like it's like in halftime now, so it's like bumping. I mean, yeah, the version that I heard, it's the only time I think I've heard you play that is like solo acoustic, and like yeah, which is totally you, different. Yeah, you find you always find a way to like keep us like a solo arrangement like really powerful. If I go leave it with something, since you've never seen this side of me, yes, this side's always on, but I'm also a goofball. Yeah, and you usually see me off hours. I so. like that. During like, the daylight hours, when I'm trying to figure out my life, <laughs> I'm a little more serious. I like this. All right, let's uh, let's go on a plug, shall we? All right, what do you need to plug? What are we plugging? Uh, this is going to come out military. First of all, where can we find you online? Uh, Kaiser, www.coltonkaiser.com. Once again, that's www.coltonkaiser.com. Mm-hmm. And one more time. You know that story already. I had a college professor who used to say everything three times because that's like how that. he thought. But like, I think there's like actual like science, science of behind learning it. behind it. Well, it was a physics class, so go yeah. ahead. Uh, www. Class? Physics class. Yeah. Oh, physics. I thought you said Facebook class. I was no, like, damn no, no. marketing. Yeah, that'd be sweet. www.coltonkaiser.com. You can find me on facebook.com backslash Colton Kaiser. I already spelled it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the two albums. We have the self-titled. Yep. And we have Place to Settle, which I I really love Place to Settle. That's one of my like favorite. Like Thanks, to put man. on like play it. It's so solid. Appreciate it. Those are both available on everywhere where you can get music. That's true. You can get them on my website direct too. That's probably the best way to get them. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, that's the way to give you money. I listen on Spotify because I don't want you to make any money off of me. Oh yo, follow me on Spotify or Facebook, please. I gotta get those numbers up. I think I follow you on Facebook. I don't follow anyone. I, the only band I follow. In New Jersey. I was playing to the vulnerable listener, <laughs> but the only band I follow on Spotify is the Afraid Brigade. If you know them, nice. They're a Jersey band. They're my favorites. And like I'm like that's it. No other band. My Spotify shall be just that. Nice. All right, so we can find all that online. Uh, this is again. This is coming out the second week of July. I'm not sure what I think I might do is in the intros, like the because I'm gonna do like the intros like the day I release them. I'll just like literally call you and like ask you for all your dates in the next week or so. But that's I'll probably a good way to do that. Yeah. So because we'll, we'll everything I'm about to pitch is gonna happen by yeah. the time this comes. Yeah. Out. So all right, Colton Kaiser. What's thank up, you girl? so much for coming on. Is there any last words you have to say? Um, last words. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Colton. <laughs> uh, I wanna, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, my sign off shall forever be. Keep living and dying in three, four time, folks. Take a shower, everybody. <laughs> Keep clean.